Odd Trails contains adult language and content. If you have a story to share, send it to stories at oddtrails.com. Enjoy the show. Forget facts. Forget logic. Forget everything that seems real. Just trust. Believe. I've been struggling with the question of life and death since the time I was born. The funny thing is, though, I can remember the moment I popped into existence better than I remember my life. It's like it was literally yesterday. My first memory, I believe, was the color gray or white. I think it was a bright flash of light, but I also think it was gray or something, some sort of color that you get when you look at a petri dish under a microscope. The second was darkness. I was floating around what I would personally call space, but there weren't any astronomical objects, no lights, stars. I distinctly remember my first thoughts. Where am I? What is this? Is this what death is like? What language am I even speaking? How am I thinking? What is this? Before I could finish that last question, I tried breathing, but I couldn't even though I didn't need to. I started panicking and feeling like I was moving with increasing speed outside of my will. I began seeing lights that looked like stars from the night sky pass by me as if I were moving way faster than the speed of light. After I don't even know how much time, but it felt like seconds or minutes passed, I suddenly just hit the earth. It was literally like hitting something in a car crash or a roller coaster, except I didn't feel anything. Everything just suddenly became dark. Not the same type of dark like when I popped into existence, but the same as the transition when you go to sleep. I remember having a series of weird dreams where I was popping in during random moments of my life. One of my first dreams I experienced was of me sitting on the toilet with all my family surrounding me and some weird little creatures waiting outside of the bathroom. They all looked at me with enthusiasm. I remember looking at my mother and wondering, who are you? And suddenly, I just knew that it was my mother. I remember that when I finished doing my business, I looked down in the toilet and I saw it was painted the color of my country's flag. When I saw that, everyone erupted into cheers and joy, and then the dream cut off. That being said, I distinctly remember gaining total control of myself at around my third birthday. Whereas everyone was partying, I pretty much just woke up, suddenly, and I began wondering who these people were. I myself didn't know it was my birthday until it was time for the cake. Ever since then, I've really been pretty much an oddball for everyone, I didn't have many friends, and everyone seemed to inherently dislike me for whatever reason. That was mysterious to me, but 
After 25 years of life, I'd say my life is pretty good, and I'm at the point where I've met the love of my life, and I'm the happiest I've ever been. However, now that I'm happy, I simply can't shake the reality of my own mortality, and it's a topic that's been keeping me up at night for nearly a month now. All that being said, I do want to share two paranormal experiences that I personally had. The first one was about when I was a kid, around four or five years old. Back at my villa that my grandfather built, I could always hear what sounded like a stereotypical witch's laugh. I could hear it as if it were coming from behind the window of the room or from within the walls. I would check it out, but there wouldn't be any traces of anything. I still can't explain it, but we sold the villa, and frankly, I never bothered thinking about it until revisiting my life for any memories this month. The second encounter was fairly late. I'd say around the age of 14 or 15, about a year after my grandfather died. It started, at first, with some weird activity. I felt like I was always being watched. I heard noises from around the house. Once, my door slammed open, even though it was locked, and there was no physical way that it could have opened unless somebody unlocked it. I even saw the handle move down as if somebody had quite literally hit the handle. Then, whispers started as these faint noises, but then quickly grew into this ear-ringing whisper. When I first heard it, I panicked because it just wasn't normal. I went to wake up my parents, and the weirdest realization got me. I could outrun the whispers. It was as if the whispers came from a physical place, even though I couldn't see it. I was even able to pass through it. It was a tough night for me, as my parents thought that I was crazy since they couldn't hear or see anything. I just shriveled up near the wall and plugged my ears. Interesting fact, I could still hear the whispers when I plugged my ears. They threatened to put me in a hospital if this happened again. The next two days, I couldn't stop thinking about what it was, repeating in my mind every second of what happened, and I became more curious about what it was rather than afraid. Sure enough, one to two days later, at the same time of night, I began hearing the whispers. So I just stayed there in my bed. I turned my head towards the wall, closed my eyes, and tried to listen. It was as if thousands of people all tried to whisper into my ear different things in unknown languages. And as I listened, it just suddenly stopped and never happened again. The third encounter was a dream only a week or two after the whispers. In that dream was my deceased grandfather who I saw in what appeared to be a dark, dimly lit stage. When I saw him, I simply felt such remorse and sadness from how I missed him and what I had done during my life and how we never managed to say goodbye to each other. I then just dropped to my knees and hugged him. I began profusely apologizing for everything while crying like there was no tomorrow. I've never had such a dream before or since. That's pretty much it for me. Let me know what you think about my life story rant and let me know if you have any ideas as to what this puzzle is. This took place a long time ago, 
so my recollection of the events is somewhat hazy. The story is primarily reconstructed based on what my family has told me. It occurred in Chile, during the early 2000s, and it's true. I'm not sure if you'll believe me, but I assure you, it's a genuine account. There were peculiar occurrences in my childhood home, although it wasn't a particularly old house, having been constructed in the mid-80s, and to my knowledge, no one had died there before these incidents began. However, it was situated in an old section of town where dark events took place during Spain's rule over our nation. Just a block away from our residence, there used to be a lake, which had long since dried up and been filled, where colonial authorities discarded the bodies of Senegalese slaves executed for attempting to return home. I'm unsure if you subscribe to the spiritual concept of energies, but I do. I feel it offers a plausible explanation for what transpired in our home. Before I was born, my brother and cousins were enjoying dinner and a lively conversation. Suddenly, they all heard the same thing. A sharp, distinct baby's cry emanating from my brother's room. My mother recalls that it was a brief, piercing cry that startled everyone. Yet as quickly as it came, it vanished. Oddly, there were no infants in our vicinity then. Our neighborhood comprised twelve semi-detached houses, while one might speculate it could have been a visiting baby in a neighboring house, the walls were thick and insulated. Moreover, all accounts suggest the cry was clear and seemed to originate within our home. Old TVs had a propensity to switch off on their own. Items frequently went missing, only to reappear in places previously searched extensively. My brother jokingly blamed the gnomes. Another startling incident occurred when I was between seven and nine years old. My brother hosted a party with some university friends. As I was playing RuneScape on our family computer in the same room, I suddenly heard a woman scream. She was a family acquaintance who I'll call Carla. Carla was standing beneath the archway leading to the living room, right in front of the staircase screaming at an empty spot on the wall. Deeply shaken, she insisted on leaving. Later, once she'd calmed down, she claimed she saw a man on the stairs glaring at her menacingly. He wore a long trench coat and a cowboy hat. And while everyone else seemed oblivious to him, she was not. What terrified her most were his eyes, which emanated a profound anger. He never returned to our home. However, the most perplexing encounter I can remember took place on a night not long after that. My mother was away, and my brother had just left for a party at Carla's. I recall him donning a black trench coat and a brown leather hat. So it was just me and my father at home watching the History Channel back when its programming was a mix of actual history and explorations of the supernatural. Suddenly, the front door slammed shut. We turned to see a man in a leather trench coat and hat. His attire felt outdated, 
I couldn't see his eyes due to the tilt of his hat. But I noted his three-day stubble and distinctive facial features. He resembled my brother so closely that both my father and I mistook him for my sibling. When my father attempted conversation, the man headed upstairs, ignoring us. I caught a glimpse of his eyes then, which seemed void of humanity, though there wasn't any malevolence Carla's friend had described. This man's visage was entirely different from my brother's. Thinking the man was possibly an intoxicated version of my brother, my father contemplated the situation. He asked if I remembered the door opening, though I can't recall my response. Reluctantly, after some persuasion, we both ventured upstairs. My brother's room was dark, with closed windows and no sign of anyone. Thoroughly checking the other rooms, we confirmed we were alone. Attempting to resume our program, the oddity of the incident lingered in our minds. When my brother returned, my father questioned him about the bizarre occurrence, wondering if he'd somehow exited via a window. My brother denied it, genuinely puzzled. Occasionally, we'd recall the mysterious hat man during horror movie nights. As time went on, the memory faded. Yet, unexpectedly, it would resurface in my mind. Chilean folklore speaks of the hat man as either the angel of death or the devil, symbolizing impending doom or misfortune. This is hauntingly poignant, as my father unexpectedly passed away from an anaphylactic shock when I was twelve. After his death, our lives shift dramatically, both financially and emotionally, leading us to move out of that house. I often wonder, will I ever encounter the hat man again? About a decade ago, my friend and I were part of the same Marine Corps Reserve unit. The distance to our unit from my place was a good two and a half hours. One particular day, we were required to report early. To save time, we decided I'd stay at his place, situated halfway between my home and the drill center. After a night of barracks cuts and a couple of beers, my friend, looking a bit troubled, confided in me about an unusual problem with the house that he was renting. He believed that it was haunted by a ghost. I, being a skeptic, I couldn't help but tease him. But his response was different from what I expected. He looked straight into my eyes and uttered, It's a cat! He recounted incidents where he would wake up to see the cat lounging outside his bedroom. Each time he would leap out of his bed to catch it, it would vanish by the time he reached the doorway, just five to seven feet away. I laughed it off, attributing this to his imagination. I decided to crash on the living room couch. The stillness of the night was interrupted when I felt something brushing against my hand, which was dangling off the couch. 
As I peered down, I was met with the sight of a cat affectionately rubbing its head against my hand. Panic set in as I realized I was paralyzed. The dreaded sleep paralysis. While my body was immobile, my willpower drove me to make a tiny movement. In a desperate attempt to prove its existence, I gripped the cat's face with my index finger to try and nick my finger on its sharp tooth. Suddenly, the cat wrenched free and darted straight through the living room wall. The moment its tail disappeared, the paralysis lifted. Frantically, I inspected my finger. While there was no visible injury, I could faintly feel where the tooth had pressed against it, and there seemed to be a slight discoloration. The next day, still bewildered, I narrated the previous night's events to my friend. I may never know the truth of that night, but part of me is convinced I held onto a ghostly feline, even if just for a fleeting moment. The most uncanny thing? It behaved like any ordinary cat. To this day, the memory remains etched in my mind, a blend of reality and the supernatural, challenging my beliefs and perceptions. This story happened to me about 20 years ago, when I was still a sophomore in high school. My aunt and uncle had a three-story condo that was always kind of... off. It wasn't a particularly old or creepy-looking building, in my recollection. But as soon as you set foot inside, there was something in the air that reeked of... something isn't right. For a little background... The condo's first floor held the living and dining areas. The second story was the primary bedroom, two guest rooms, a bathroom, and a little nook for the washer and dryer. The third floor was a game room that also had a pull-out sofa for guests. This layout information will be important later. As I grew up, we visited the condo many times. As I said, the entire building had an odd aura to it but this all culminated on the third floor. When you walked over the final stair up to the third floor, the air just changed. Where on the second floor, you could hear the sounds of family visiting downstairs and hear traffic outside, etc. On the third floor, it was always completely silent. The air was heavy and thick. No sounds permeated there, and you were always left with a feeling of being stared at or watched, almost as if you were intruding there. Being kids, my cousins and I would often go up to the third floor to play video games. However, we never went up there alone, and absolutely never went up there at night. It was just one of those places that felt like it was on a different plane of existence, its own pocket dimension of silence and gloom. 
My family had seen and heard things in that condo on multiple occasions. It was common knowledge that one could hear footsteps pacing up and down the stairs at night. You would see figures out of the corner of your eye. Doors would open and close despite being locked. Objects would move, that sort of thing. One morning, I woke up before the adults to find a trail of pennies lying end-to-end from the third floor all the way down to the kitchen. I remember being a little unsettled by this, but not necessarily afraid. I was more interested in free money and greedily put the pennies in a Ziploc baggie. Because these goings-on were relatively benign in nature, my family assumed it to be the spirit of my late grandfather, who was the mischievous type, watching over the house at night. Fast forward to my teenage years. My uncle died suddenly one year, and so a flood of tight-knit family descended on the condo to comfort my aunt and attend my uncle's funeral. Because there were so many people staying in the condo, my mom, dad, sister, and I were relegated to sleeping upstairs on the third floor. I was creeped out, but I figured, hey, how bad could it be? Boy, was I in for a surprise. The day of the funeral came, and we all attended the wake, after which the family gathered outside to comfort my aunt, who was sobbing uncontrollably. I remember the sound being a gut-wrenching, heartbreaking cry of pure despair. It hurt to listen to, so I quickly left the crowd and went to find my cousins until we were ready to leave. Little did I know that all hell was about to break loose. We got back to the condo, and everyone wept and shared stories of my uncle. After some time, we all grew tired and decided it was time for bed. I slept on the sofa, while my mom, dad, and little sister all shared an air mattress down on the floor by the foot of the sofa. What I remember most about that night was the cold. I was startled awake in the middle of the night, unsure of what had woken me up, only to be greeted by the most bone-biting, skin-saturating cold I had ever felt in my life. It permeated the entire third floor, soaking through my clothes and into my body. I shuddered and pulled the blanket tighter around me. I remember being puzzled by the cold, as the third floor usually got uncomfortably warm. I lay there, shivering for a few minutes, and then I heard it. The sound I heard is hard to describe, but is probably best described as something trying its best to mimic my aunt's sobbing from earlier. It was a dry, raspy voice, crying and choking and carrying on in a mocking tone. And it was extremely loud. I mean, ear-splittingly loud. It was coming from the far corner of the room, over by the crawlspace door. I froze in terror. What on earth is going on? Was this some kind of an entity? I peeked over the edge of my blanket and gazed into the darkness at the corner of the room. 
Nothing, of course, was there. My mother, having had past experiences with paranormal things, had once told me that if anything scary ever happened like that, to ignore it and it would go away. So that's exactly what I tried to do. I squinted my eyes shut and pretended to be asleep. When that didn't work, I tried covering my head with the couch cushion to blot out the sound. That didn't work either. The sound stayed as loud as it had been, almost as if it were coming from inside my own head. I lay there for what seemed like minutes, but was probably only about 45 seconds or so, when another noise grabbed my attention. The rustling of blankets. I peered out from under my own blanket to see my mother had bolted up on the air mattress. She looked left and right, with a confused expression on her face, and then jumped up and ran down the stairs to the second floor. My father and sister were still sound asleep. This next part is what my mom told me happened after she ran down the stairs. Mom got to the second floor and immediately opened the primary bedroom, thinking my aunt was awake and crying. Nope. Sound asleep. Mom could still hear the wailing, so she checked all the other rooms on the second floor. Everyone was asleep. Confused, she stood at the bottom of the stairs leading to the third floor and listened to the wailing. Meanwhile, my fear had given way to curiosity. Glancing cautiously toward the corner where the sound was coming from, I leaned over the banister and gazed down to the second floor. I could see the hall light on downstairs, and my mom looking bewildered at the bottom of the steps. Mom, I called. She nearly jumped out of her skin, her head snapping up to look at me. Are you looking for that wailing sound? I asked. Mom's eyes widened. You hear it too? I nodded. Why isn't anyone else waking up? She asked. I shrugged. She then turned away from me and headed toward the stairs leading to the first floor. As she rounded the corner toward the first floor, she ran straight into my little cousin. He was wide-eyed, in tears, and shaking. Mom asked him what was wrong, and he said, it's coming to get me. Mom began to ask what was coming to get him when she saw it. A humanoid shadow came lurching up the steps toward them, blacker than the darkness that surrounded it. As it approached, it began to morph, to grow into something monstrous. Now standing seven or eight feet tall, it began lunging up the remaining stairs at them, making a horrible sound as it came. Mom grabbed my cousin and began sprinting up the stairs, the shadow stomping just behind her. This caught my attention, and now, completely ignoring the wailing in the room with me, I craned my neck over the banister to see what was going on. I saw Mom sliding around the corner, toward the third floor stairs. 
a flood of shade and darkness filling the hallway behind her. My little cousin was screaming and clutching at her neck as she ran, taking the stairs two at a time. Mom, I cried. Mom, it's right behind you. Run. She obliged and came flying up the final few steps to the third floor. As soon as she cleared the landing, the wailing completely stopped, cut off like someone pulling the plug on a speaker. She leaped into the air mattress with my cousin. I abandoned all pretenses of maturity and clambered onto the mattress with them. We all sat there, huddled in terror, staring into the darkness of the staircase. Nothing came. No shadow. No wailing. Nothing. That's when the stomping started. Boom. 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 Up and down the stairs it went, over and over, rattling the knickknacks on the walls, vibrating the floors. Still, nobody woke up. After several minutes of this, the footsteps reached the third floor and stopped dead. The temperature in the room immediately started to plummet, and Mom clearly had enough. She started violently shaking my father awake. Wake up, she snarled. Wake up! When Dad woke up, everything got quiet again. He was groggy and annoyed and asked us what we were doing. We explained what had happened, my cousin still crying in my mother's arms. And he looked at us skeptically, but listened intently with us for any sounds in the house. Sounds never came for the rest of the night, but none of us really slept after that. In the morning, my cousin, still visibly shaken, explained to us what had happened to him before mom found him. He said he heard a voice calling him from downstairs and thought his father, my late uncle, had returned. He was young, and I don't think he understood the permanence of death. When he went down to investigate, he said he ran into the shadow and that it was too big to be his daddy. I don't know what exactly happened that night. I've read about shadow people, about jinn and demons, but nothing quite matches the being we saw that night. If anyone has any explanations or has run into an entity like this, please feel free to let me know. This is kind of a lot in one night, but this is exactly as it happened. Any insight is welcome. I don't understand how it could be connected. This past week, my friend and I rented a cabin in Hatch, Utah, at the base of some mountains. We were so high up that the house didn't have AC, so we had opened all of the windows. This is important for later. We were surrounded by beautiful, tall grass, awesome views. It was just perfect. We went out at night to stargaze, and that's when things started to get weird. 
My husband and I were out by ourselves after our friends went in when we saw a ton of what we thought were satellites that appeared out of nowhere. They formed into a single triangle shape, and suddenly, the night sky that was inside the triangle started to move with the lights very slowly, almost like something was using a cloaking device to hide what it was. We both thought UFO, and we couldn't believe what we were seeing. As soon as it appeared, it zipped off, and we didn't see anything else. But we noticed that all the sounds had stopped. No bugs, no bats, nothing. However, there were a ton of shooting stars and a few meteors that appeared as soon as it was gone. We both went inside to tell our friends because we felt uneasy. I wish that was it, but about an hour later, we were in our room getting ready for bed when we heard a high-pitched whistle outside. We both laughed and joked about skinwalkers and wendigos. I don't really believe in that stuff, so we laughed it off and got into bed. Not ten minutes later, we heard heavy footsteps on the deck outside our room and heavy breathing. I was paralyzed with fear for 15 seconds while we listened to it stomp heavily with a guttural deep breath. I then jumped up and hit the lights outside on the deck and threw open the blinds, yelling, assuming that it was a bear, but nothing was there. It had rained heavily that day and there were no prints on the deck or dirt or mud around the house. I 100% believe in aliens, but I can't explain the second encounter. Has anyone else experienced anything like this? Do I need to worry about being followed? Our friends experienced none of this, and I'm just stumped. I felt so uneasy the rest of that first night. But after that, nothing else happened for the next three nights that we were there. I felt totally at ease. What did I experience? So with the ghostly black cat story, it showed up just in time for Halloween. It sure did. There were a lot of weird synchronicities with me, though. Mm -hmm. I just started reading some old Edgar Allan Poe stories. Nice. And I finished The Black Cat just before reading this week's story on the podcast. I'm not too familiar with most of his work, just the most popular stuff, because I watched like the Vincent Price movies. And, right, right. And you see it a lot in pop culture, referenced and done a million times, like in The Simpsons. But uh, I was also almost attacked by a black cat on my walk last night. <laughs> so there's this cute little gray and white cat that follows me on my walks. It's like a little buddy. I, I hate that I have to like sometimes kind of hiss at it to get it to not come too close because I'm that yeah. allergic. I feel right, so right. bad because it'll cower. It'll be like, wait, oh, I just wanted to be your friend. That's the worst. I hate that feeling. Yeah, when like stray cats even do that to me, I kind of freak out a bit. Like the old, gross, mangy ones. Not your fault, but sorry, you got to keep away, buddy. Yeah, they could have anything. 
Um, same with dogs. Like uh, you have to be really careful with feral dogs too. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are so many feral cats. There's also this evil black cat that hisses at me and it forces me to cross the street. And <laughs> I just have such conflicting relationships with felines, man. You really do. Yeah. Now I've probably told this story before along with every single other story in my life, but I just want to relate to the author that they're not crazy. I believe shadow people come in all different forms. And my cousin, when he was a teenager, woke up in the middle of the night with sleep paralysis, but his shadow person was on all fours, like some kind of animal. Ooh. It was, yeah, it was crawling around the foot of his bed. When I think of a black cat, especially a ghostly black cat, I don't think of it as sinister. I think of it as, you know, like a familiar, a friendly spirit, you know? I don't, I don't think of ghost animals as being malevolent for some reason. I've never witnessed one, but just the idea of a ghost animal, I can't see it being evil or malevolent, you know? Right, yeah, that makes sense because animals, they have pure intentions. They're not out to hurt anybody by their own will. And also, some people may think that a black cat is like a bad omen or something like that. Right, I used to think that too. <laughs> we see it in a lot of the stories that we have some sort of warning or foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. It kind of makes me think, are these spirits really that bad? Because I get a lot of just chaotic neutral energy. They don't have to warn us. A banshee doesn't have to wail before executing its attack, you know? (laughs) So I think they're probably just bored with some pent-up energy in the spirit realm. Maybe, but yeah, what I was going to say was my cousin's encounter was similar in that it wasn't like, a person standing above him or uh, hovering over him. It was something on all fours, but he said it was very malevolent. He felt an evil presence and it was more like a person walking on their hands and knees, which I just find so, so scary, so creepy. Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. like that. Like it was mimicking an an (laughs) animal. Like it was mimicking an animal. Um, There have been a lot of accounts of people seeing their deceased pets again. Maybe it was just a genuine ghost of a cat and they had sleep paralysis and it was some kind of coincidence. After everything that I've seen and all of the stories that I've read on the podcast, this is one of the most believable and non-crazy, if you ask me. But thank you so much for sharing. I like that. I like that. It was mild, but touching and again, believable. Yeah, so about that hat man story. Yeah, back to warnings. I wonder if the crying baby in that story was the hat man's, not mating call, but (laughs) rattlesnakes rattle. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, it could be. I think it, it, it seems a lot like spooky entities like to give us those warnings, like you said, for whatever reason. Yep, yep, I fully agree. They're not that bad. You just have to submit to their will. Just kidding. Don't do that. Resist, (laughs) resist by all means. But I do like the fact that the author and their father saw this hat man figure who also resembled the brother. So it's pretty insane stuff. He just walked into the house and then disappeared. It could be more than just hat man, maybe an alternate dimension doppelganger. I, I don't know. Could also be a mimic. No clue. What do you think? Yeah, like that story from Timothy Renner's podcast, Strange Familiars, where the guy, I think it was his cousin, Mm -hmm. looked like his cousin, but it wasn't really his cousin. It had this weird otherworldly smile. It was like a doppelganger of his cousin. I think that uh, we've had a lot of mimicking type spirits on this podcast, and that might be the scariest one to me. I think there's something so uncanny and scary about 
a spirit that's able to mimic something that's you know important in your life or somebody that's close to you right yeah take on that familiar form <laughs> strange familiars yeah <laughs> there you go. The pun worked out yeah but yeah taking on those familiar forms to put our guard down a bit initially mm-hmm. yeah yeah well you're helping me put utah on the map that was a good story <laughs> yeah i kind of stole your utah story this week <laughs> it's but, all right so here's the thing about that one Cloaked UFOs have always seemed so much creepier and more sinister than the usual flying saucer that's out in plain view. Like, why are you hiding? What are you hiding? And why did you zip away as soon as I saw you? Yeah, I started watching Encounters on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen that yet. It's on my list. I'm really nervous about watching any kind of UFO or encounter type, you know, shows because it's I either expect it to be propaganda or just to be so cheesy and boring. (laughs) It feels like a little bit of both. Like there's this guy on there. I think he was like an intelligence analyst for the CIA at, at some point. And he just gradually becomes more and more, dare I say, bordering sexually aroused by the idea of aliens and ufos like he gets very emotional and impassioned and he just ramps it up slowly throughout the entire show i'm like am i imagining this and i'm not because i i want you to watch the first episode of that and you'll know who i'm talking about he just slowly like he does like the metaphorical equivalent of pinching his nipples while he's talking about aliens and it's really funny it's so funny but it reminds me of the cloaking because they talk about cloaked aircraft that just disappear yeah that i've got to watch for sure mm-hmm. yeah. um i don't think i can recall any accounts where the witnesses saw shooting stars and meteors in tandem with the ufo sighting like this author did i really like the story that was interesting never seen that never read about that and then the loud footsteps and the breathing from outside where they were staying it's too wild to be some kind of coincidence it's so weird how we hear of a lot of friendly ufos and then and you know ufo encounters alien encounters and then also so many sinister and threatening accounts it's like there are good and bad ones out there I hope we get some answers before our time is up here on Earth. The people deserve to know. I think we're making some strides, though, with the government and everything. Like, we're seeing a lot more out there. Um, Another good one is High Strange, Payne Lindsay's podcast. There's some really good UFO coverage on there. He does a good job. Dude, he's a great podcaster. I love his work. I remember, I think I talked to him uh, once or twice about working together on something but it just kind of fell through the cracks Mm -hmm. i'm gonna reach out to him again because that guy he's 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 just blowing it out of the water yep 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 but thanks everybody so much for listening this week you have heard my story by dart vader something strange was going on in my childhood home by merlin 1133 the ghost cat by sticky bandit 86 the third floor by miko sage and finally weird experience in utah by carol All of the stories you've heard this week were narrated and produced with the permission of their respective authors. Make sure you send your stories in to stories at oddtrails.com if you want to hear them on the show. And finally, make sure you check out our Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash oddtrails if you want to get access to ad-free versions of all of our episodes at a higher bit rate so it's the best listening experience. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash oddtrails to sign up and support the show today. Make sure you check out the new episodes of my other podcasts, Let's Not Meet, a true horror podcast, Welcome to Paradise It Sucks, and the Old Time Radio Cast, all at crypticcountypodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. See you all next week. Stay safe. Peace out.
fools disturb you, darling.